Welcome back to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. We're not just about feminist books. We are here for social justice, literature, and media in all its forms. But we do that through an intersectional feminist lens. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Renee Powers here. I'm so excited for today's conversation. We are talking about Happy Place by Emily Henry, her latest book. The blurb for that is a couple who broke up months ago make a pact to pretend to still be together for their annual week-long vacation with their best friends. I adored this book. I am joined by three of our illustrious contributors. I will have you all introduce yourself so so folks at home know who you are. Hi, y'all. I'm Sally Mercedes. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm Marikita Guerrera. I also am thrilled to be here and also really loved this book. And I'm Jordy. I, too, am also very excited for this conversation. So this is Emily Hendry's, like, 400th novel. <laughs> Seems like every year she she just, like, pipes out a fantastic summer rom-com. And this one is no different. Yeah, I did speak with her. And, and the reason I can't remember is because I've just, like, devoured all of her books and have had imaginary conversations with her in my head about all of her books because yeah. they seem to come out at like the perfect time of year when I'm just like really struggling to like get past the doldrums of winter and wanting to launch myself into the summer sun. Amen. And I will say that this conversation will have spoilers, but the spoiler is like, it's a rom-com, so it's not much of a spoiler. Like, you know what's going to happen at the end of a romance book. Like, that's why we strap in for a romance book is because we want a happy ending. And Emily Henry is brilliant at crafting these kinds of characters that you want to root for. Who are your favorite characters? Like, what did you love about these characters? And what made you want to spend time with them? I liked all the characters. I did. But I think I really enjoyed just the pairing of Harriet and Wynne, the two main characters. One of the things I love about Emily Henry is that her banter is so witty and it's so funny and it's always so on point. Like it is the way I want to have conversations with people and only like think about the conversations after they've happened. And seeing the two of them negotiate this really challenging space, this like lie that they don't want to be a lie while being sort of like gruff with each other was hilarious and wonderful. And I wanted to just like spend more time with them. Yeah, I loved Harriet. I thought Emily Henry's really great at writing like realistic characters, people that feel real. So they're a little bit like annoying or they're a little bit like prickly. That's my vibe. You know, I'm a prickly bitch sometimes. So and I think like with each book, like they get more and more like, I don't know, because I was going to say they get better. But no, it's still, you know, she's still the same prickly bitch. But like this one in particular, I just like really connected with. And there was a point where she like is confronted with the fact that like her apathy might be felt as like her not valuing her relationships. And I was like, oh, no, is that how people feel about me? And I feel like in general, like apathy is kind of like my baseline. I was really confronted by that. So but it made me love her more because I was like, I'm with you there, Harriet. Oh, no, thanks, Emily, for this spiral. And Sally, you've been in kind of a a shit sandwich lately, so I can totally imagine the hindered spirit you feel with the apathetic, kind of depressed Harriet. (laughs) Two things kind of spoke to me in this book. First was with the character Cleo. I am very much a people pleaser, and it's very hard for me to say no. And so to see a character that was just so confident and 
being able to say no and like, it's fine. You don't have to do whatever you don't want to do if it's something that doesn't make you feel comfortable, if you're just not interested in that thing. So I loved having a character like that. And then I also love getting the backstories to everybody. And Harriet's backstory when it comes to the romantic relationships that were modeled for her as a child was something that I don't think we see very often. So in this story, Harriet's parents are two people who are kind of forced together or thought that they should have stayed together for multiple reasons. And then, so she kind of saw a love that was not really something that's passionate or as involved. And so seeing her struggle with that was interesting in my eyes. Yeah, I just think that the depth of these characters was so well crafted. You could tell that Emily Henry knew who these characters were, maybe had examples of them in her own life and was writing them honestly and like wholeheartedly. What I particularly love about this book is, so the premise is these like six friends who have been friends forever, get the band back together and go on vacation every year to the same happy place. And my friends, I've got a group of six of us that travel together. And so it was so familiar to me. Like I totally get the dynamics between them all. Last time we were all together, we were in Asheville, North Carolina. And we were staying in the mountains and, you know, a few of us were like having coffee out on the balcony. And I said, you know, every combination of the six of us is comfortable. There's no like weird dynamics with anybody. And I get that. Like I see that in these six characters too. Even like, you know, Sabrina and Parth and Harriet and Wynne and Cleo all went to college together. And then Kimmy, which is Cleo's girlfriend, like shows up in their lives later. And it's like, she's always been there. And we've got a friend just like that. Like, shout out to Nitty. It feels like you've been with us forever. And also I want to say about Cleo and Kimmy especially is this is a good representation of writing outside your identity and not co-opting their voices or stories. Like Cleo is a Black woman and I love her. Queer couple. And Emily Henry is clearly like white. She says that she doesn't want to discuss what her... Okay. She writes a lot of hetero romances. Yeah. But I don't know. I just thought that it was taken with care and that probably had a sensitivity reader for this relationship. And because it was a side character, it's not centralized. And so I just want to shout out like, this is how you write diverse characters without like being a white supremacist. Yeah. When I talked with her and it was for book lovers, I had mentioned that in her book, she had like a lot of white characters. She had a lot of straight characters. And like, did she ever consider bringing in? other sexualities, other kind of experiences. And her response was like probably one of the most like thoughtful responses I think someone's ever really given me, which is just like, I don't feel like it's my role to like bring in these stories. I feel like it's my role to uplift the people who tell these stories from their own identity. And, And I respect and love that. And I also really love that it didn't ever, there was never a point where it felt tokenized or it felt like, oh, here's my, here's my diversity character. Yeah, I think it helps that it was side characters and not like bringing them to prominence. Because even within the story, not that they felt sidelined, but like there was a lot more going on and we didn't find out what was going on with them until like later on. I've been thinking a lot about Taylor Jenkins Reid lately, as one does, and, you know, love her books. 
and also the choices that she makes just confound me. And she has similar reasoning of like, or the opposite reasoning of like, well, I just want to like bring these, like I have such a wide readership and like, I want to bring these stories to so many people. And it's like, girl, but you're not, you're not doing it though. Amen. Yeah. Because I don't want to hear a white lady write Cleo's story, but centering Harriet Wynne was the right decision. I don't know if we've even named those characters yet. Harriet and Wynne are our our romantic lead. And 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 they were engaged for eight years, broke off their relationship, and now they're like, surprise, we have to go on vacation with our friends. We'll try to bring up Taylor Swift any opportunity that I can. And the entire time as I was reading this book, the only thing that was playing through my mind was Cardigan by her. And that's like one of my favorite songs. And the same feelings that I got while reading Cardigan was what I felt during all of the emotional parts of this story. So, Jordy, it's funny you said that because I was on Goodreads. I hate Goodreads, but usually there's a couple, a handful of people who write really good synopses on, on <clears throat> Goodreads. The amount of Taylor Swift references in Goodreads reviews, I swear to God, shit you not, at least every other one of the hundreds, the oh, I'm sorry, thousands of reviews of this book, I would say 50% of them have Taylor Swift references. Why? That's crazy. I So I I try to stay away from reading any sort of opinion or whatnot just because I don't want anything to get spoiled for me. My only reasoning is, is there's enough people that are just as obsessed as I am. And if you're like me, the soundtrack that plays throughout your day is just a whole slew of Taylor Swift songs and you try to fit everything that you can into a Taylor Swift song and then you're analyzing these songs and you're analyzing your life based on Taylor Swift. So in my mind, it just makes sense to include references to songs and eras and whatnot into a book that you could potentially read if you want to get the same feelings. So is Emily Henry Taylor Swift? Is this just Taylor's like pin name and we just don't know it hey there there could be some sort of connection there maybe we need to go yeah reference some of taylor's songs to see if there could be a connection to this taylor swift's trying to get into directing so maybe emily henry and taylor swift can get on this adaptation train this is really the era of adaptations that we're in and maybe there's this is the connection that we are making for them they didn't ask us but here's my opinion (laughs) dream pairing absolute dream pairing Oh my gosh. And then could you imagine just the songs that Taylor could write for all of these movies? Like, fuck that song she did for Where the Crawdads Sing. It's Crawdads sucks. But I would go hard for a Taylor Emily collab. Yes. Like, look out, Reese Witherspoon. Reese is Reese has got Taylor Jenkins Reed in her back pocket. I'm here for this. I want oh, what if it was like a Broadway musical of Happy Place written by Taylor mm-hmm. Swift? Honestly, it's either going to be wonderful or the worst thing you've ever heard. I no, I don't care. Right. Even if it's terrible, it'll be wonderful. I love it. Honestly, I feel like anything that Taylor touches turns to gold. So if she's involved in anything, you know it's going to be spectacular, thought-provoking, magnificent, enchanting, all of the things. You're the first one that has mentioned Cardigan, I'm scrolling back through the Goodreads. Um, what are the very, songs? Okay, so the very first review on on Goodreads by Amen, A-Y-M-A-N. I feel like me and this book are somehow cosmically intertwined and our souls are one. This book was so Taylor Swift's lover, folklore, Midnight's Coded, tell me I'm wrong. 
And then this person goes on to quote several Taylor Swifts. And then L on Goodreads also says, The Bridge of the Archer. They see right through me. Can you see right through me? I see right through me. Encapsulates this book perfectly. During the book, how, you know, they they all go through some of these heartbreaking things, but it was their love that they had for each other. And all I could think of was, you know, you drew stars around my scars, but now I'm bleeding because they had broken up. Like, all they wanted was each other. Do we think that maybe... Harriet is Taylor and Wynn is Joe. <laughs> okay, too far, too far, too far. I do feel like they're meant to be together, but that's just me. Let's talk, though, about the soulmate. Just like these two, I, I don't know if I believe in soulmates. I think we have maybe multiple soulmates, but these two characters are meant to be together. Harriet and Wynn, it's just clear to me from the beginning that the love that they have for each other is so hard won and generous and honest and like it was so satisfying to see them finally do it well one of the things i liked about this book in particular is that like while it still followed the formula of like a lot of romance books you know where it's like they can't be together they want to be together they you know there's a conflict and then they come together at the end like it took a different path than most of them do it wasn't like an interpersonal thing really it was circumstances and it took a while to figure out what the conflict was, but the conflict was there from the beginning. A lot of times I get frustrated with romance books from like, if you, they, you would just talk to each other. But this one, it really felt like a very realistic issue that a lot of couples might face and like might have to negotiate and might do wrong and might do right and not know until, you know, many years after the fact. And, but throughout that whole thing, it was, there was never in doubt the fact that they really like were magnetized together and that they worked so well together and they were beautiful together. The heartbreak was really in the reader too, to like not see them with each other. Yeah, I loved them as a couple. I'm pretty sure they're my favorite, like Emily Henry romance couple. This is also my favorite. I think I've liked each one more than the last. And there's still all this other stuff going on, which is what Emily Henry's good at. It's like, world circumstances and things outside of your control and like how that plays into your life and your relationships. But as a couple, like I just loved them so much. I was like really, really rooting for them in a way that I don't often do. Yeah, I want people to end up together. But like sometimes I'm like, whatever. But here it was like, oh no, I want these people to be together and be happy. I'm with you, Mariquita. Like the fact that it was external circumstances that are like severe and serious and like real. And navigating that, I think, just made the like kind of third act conflict situation just more believable and more like, okay, I can still root for them. Like, there's nothing worse than you're enjoying a romance and then you get to the third act conflict and you're like, well, now y'all are just shithead. But no, this like was really real. And even like all of the friendship dynamics and how they play into the romantic relationship, too, and how like Harry as a character was able to like see that what she was doing in one relationship is what she was doing in all of them and like try to resolve that like at the core of who she is and be accepted by all the people who love her. I just, that was great. I loved it. Yeah, I will say one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to romance books, and I say this with no shade because romance is my absolute favorite, but it's when there's some sort of miscommunication trope that just does not make any sense. And then it's just magically resolved, but it leaves one of the main characters looking like a complete douchebag. And we're like, why would we want to continue this relationship? 
that didn't happen in this book. But with Harriet and Wynne's love story, it just goes to show that sometimes we can make assumptions about what we think is best for the person that we love. And if we had just maybe taken a moment to be vulnerable or like really express like our wants and needs and what we're thinking, then certain things could have been avoided. And I like how by the end of this story, they were able to have this sort of epiphany that if that had happened, then some things could have been avoided. And I think that just builds a good foundation for future communication. Yeah. And like Marihita said, like, sometimes I just want these characters to use their mouth words to communicate with each other. Just use your words. And they don't. And that's so frustrating. And Jordy, yeah, like it, it creates like this unnecessary cl- conflict. Where I love what you said, like, and some one of them is going to be a douchebag about it. And it's like, that's not necessary. That feels like easy writing. And what I really appreciate about this book is like, the depth of the characters and like the honesty of the writing. And it just, it didn't feel like a stretch for any of it. It felt like people I know. For a while there, I couldn't figure out how they were going to resolve it. You know, that ending could have happened where they could have just like amicably split because they're in two different parts of their lives. I'm totally with you. Yeah, there was a moment, I think I had like 40 pages left in the book, maybe. And I'm also a sucker for a sad story and a sad song. And there was a moment where I thought, oh my gosh, are they not going to like end up together? Are they like, are they just going to leave it? Because they think that they're better off by themselves. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'd be heartbroken. But like, I could see it. And we couldn't fault the author for that either because it it played out so honestly that you would have been like, yeah, I guess that's how it's got to be. But I do like how she did resolve it because it wasn't like a capitulation, right? It wasn't like, okay, my love for you is bigger than my desire for the things that I want for my own self. Like she didn't put Harriet Harriet in a place where she had to, I don't know, like say, you know, I I want this guy more than I want to be ambitious. If you looked back, that she wasn't super passionate about what she was doing. She was doing it because she like felt like she needed to be doing it. And that she owed it to to other people. But then to see that like slowly shift and for her to say like, okay, I really want to sit here and weigh my options. And I really want to think about what is important to me and what is going to make my life feel like my authentic life. But for her to to really take that time and for the people around her to give her that space and that time to figure it out was like, oof, I love this book. I don't remember exactly what I wanted to say about it, but... There was like something in acknowledging like your parents' sacrifices while still questioning if it's enough that like really stuck with me clearly enough to write it down. Um, and I was still questioning it at the end. And I, I don't like there wasn't ever like a clear resolution to that. But it's clear like Harriet is struggling with like her parents doing the best that they can. And like it's enough because it's what they gave. And also like it's not enough. Like we just, sometimes we deserve more or sometimes we deserve different. And I just thought that was such an interesting part of this book that was like kind of happening in the background because it's something I think about a lot as an immigrant and like child of immigrants. Like, yeah, my parents, they did the best that they could, but whew, was it lacking (laughs) in some way? (laughs) And that's not on that, like, you know, love them, but like, damn, you know, your girl's been through it. And so I just really appreciated that and like having that in a romance novel and again, like speaks to the depth that like Emily Henry brings to these novels. 
Same. And and both those things can be true, right? That they gave everything they could and it still wasn't. And I also got to shout out like Harriet is from small town Indiana like me. And I loved that. All right. So this book is called Happy Place. And it's clear that everyone's happy place is this. So one of the friends, Sabrina, comes from a very wealthy family. And it's basically like Martha's Vineyard, but in Maine. Fancy compound that they all stay at every summer and the the crux of it is like sabrina's dad is selling the place and so like what is their happy place going to be after that i would argue that their happy place is each other but i want to know what y'all's happy places are when i think of like the place that has been my happy place for the longest it is the place where my abuela lived on this lake and i lived there until i was like three or four and there were woods. It was pretty rural. They hadn't like paved the roads until like the late 80s, early 90s. And it just always felt like very magical. It was a place where I lived where I still believed in magic. And so it still holds like a kernel of that for me. And even though I haven't been back in a really, really long time, it just lives inside my heart in this like space and time that is unchanging and feels so dear to me three places it's hard for me to choose one the first being honestly wherever my sister is she is my best friend anything's better with her preferably together on the beach or in new york city we grew up my dad is from new york city and so we would go at least once a year and then i went to school up there and every time i'm there just everything feels right and I can't get enough of it. I don't have any place place. That's a whole like lifelong looking for home situation. Yet to find it. But I have like moments, right? It's like nothing to do, a clear schedule and just like sitting on my couch working on a puzzle with some coffee by myself, like listening to an audiobook or hanging out with like a couple of my sorority sisters who I'm like particularly close with and like whatever the hell we're doing. And obviously, like my best friend, like wherever we are when we're together and just like, I feel so, so safe with them. Like, that's like the safest that I ever feel. Is it is it depressy Bessie to say my happy place is my bed? Like, that's where I feel safest. Love that. <laughs> I'm with you, Sally, in that like, it's a feeling rather than a, a location. And probably because I've been t- pretty transient as well feeling like being around people that I feel safe with so like my my crew of like Harriet and Wynn's crew like I feel the most safe around them wherever we are in the world I would also say like the woods I like the woods near a body of water so somewhere in the Great Lakes region like outdoors where you have to like shit in a hole like that that is when I like when I feel the most feral and the most, <laughs> and the most like myself. I like this Renee Powers. My happy place is where I shit in a hole. Put it on my business card. <laughs> Amazing. This was a five star book for me. Yeah, it definitely pulled me in, and I I really just loved it. I really did, and I really loved all the different types of relationships that were represented in the book. I don't want to be a downer. I fluctuate between a four and a five star, just because. I, I did love the story. It, the writing is bingeable. We did get our happily ever after. But there was also just something about it. I, I can't put my finger on it that just wasn't like super spectacular. 
for me, but it was still like enough that it deserves to be like up there high enough, if that makes sense. We love a discerning book lover. That's great. So my like five-star reads that are rereads have been like few and far between. And this was such a joy. Like I needed this so bad. So like, I don't know, maybe objectively it would have been lower. I have no idea. But I know that the entire time I was like, this is a five-star, this is a five-star. And at the end, it was a five-star. I'm so glad that I read it. Sometimes the right book just shows up when you need it. And I'm so glad that this was it for you, Sally. And again, Jordy, respect the hell out of like, very discerning starring situations like i'm just kind of a slut with stars but yeah so four to five from the feminist book club crew and for all good reason thank you so much for hanging out with me this morning this has been a lot of fun thank you yes this is a great discussion we will share everybody's handles in the show notes where you can get this book it will be in the show notes as well thanks for hanging out with us everyone and we'll talk to you soon Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Feminist Book Club, the podcast. Want to be part of the club? Here's how you can join us. Obviously, subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review for brownie points. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and TikTok. All of those links are in the show notes. Sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know what our next monthly book pick is. And check out our award-winning monthly book subscription service. Oprah Magazine named it one of their favorite book boxes, and Shonda Rhimes called us one of her favorite subscription boxes in general. There are multiple membership levels for any budget, and it's an excellent way to support the show and the voices you heard today. See you in the club. A well-read woman is a dangerous creature, creature, oh, oh, oh. Yeah.